the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. All or nothing when it comes to our involvement in our community and our politics. That's today's topic on The Grid. Forever 17 is a company that creates beauty elixirs and was co-founded by entrepreneurs Martha and Tammy. Years ago, Martha began a quest to learn how to heal her body naturally. Upon discovering plant-based essential oils and being an amazing culinary artist, she began experimenting with all sorts of unique creations in her kitchen, facial serums, body butters, and balms. With a newfound resolve to walk away from products with ingredients that she couldn't pronounce, she embarked on a journey to create wonderful natural elixirs and products that help the skin, and she began sharing that with family and friends. Get these products today at forever17.net and see all the products that Martha and Tammy have created for you. Martha and Tammy are patriots who love God and country. By purchasing the best beauty products, you may be turning back the clock on your appearance and supporting an American business with like-minded entrepreneurs. Check out their company at forever17.net. That's forever17.net today. All right, it's time for our In the News segment. At least three border crossings from Canada to the U.S. have been blockaded by the Freedom Convoy and supporting protesters, most holding Justin Trudeau responsible, and despite initial pleas, Trudeau and a parliament have refused to delay the mandate that went into effect on January the 15th, 2022, that required anyone entering Canada, especially the truckers, to show proof of vaccination. In support of the truckers to buy food and fuel, supporters raised $10 million on the crowdfunding site GoFundMe, of which $9 million was promptly seized by GoFundMe, quote, to distribute to charities as they see fit, end quote. As they said that the truckers' blockade violated their terms of service by inciting violence. This is the same GoFundMe site that actively promoted crowdfunding for BLM. That's the reason that many people are claiming the hypocrisy around their claim. As I read about this, I'm just astounded at the narrative of the media. Words like extreme right-wingers or Trump supporters or unvaccinated fringe are being tossed around. Did you know that according to some estimates, 85% of all Canadian truckers are vaccinated and close to 90% are vaccinated of the Canadian general population? It's not about the vaccine. It's about the mandate and the desire of government, all governments, all governments around the world, what they do by nature. It's an insatiable appetite for power and control. Individual liberty has never been better described than by Ronald Reagan. Quote, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. End quote. This movement has now spread to France where police are handing out tickets and citations as protesters attempted to enter Paris. There is momentum building for similar vaccine protests or vaccine mandate protests in New Zealand, California, New York, Washington, D.C., Alaska, Europe, and Australia, just to name a few. The world unrest is shocking and yet not surprising because individuals have been trading freedom for security for centuries. But once inflation, disease, riots, violence, and terrorism threatens that security and shows that governments are powerless to stop it, people have woken up and realized that what they traded for was one-sided. 
They traded freedom, but they did not get security, and they've had enough. In other news, it is all but certain that Putin and Russia will invade Ukraine. This is very sad, because most believe that the U.S. and NATO are only going to stand up for freedom with harsh words and possibly defriending Putin on Facebook. In reality, no one's going to go toe-to-toe with him. Previous U.S. administrations might have, but in reality, this administration has shown an abysmal ineptness at foreign policy and demonstrating strength. Honestly, I'm even more concerned about Taiwan. If I was China, I would be moving on Taiwan in a New York minute. Because again, this administration is more concerned with fighting for education on gender inclusion, wokeness, and other social constructs than it is for standing against communism, genocide, and slavery around the world. All of this really does remind me of what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. As I say with every segment, our hope cannot be in this world or in mankind, but in Christ alone. While I hope to inform and educate on current news, and how we must push back against wrong and evil, at the end of the day, our hope still is only found in Christ. The danger in judging a book by its cover, and it's clear to me that presidential campaigns are mostly about this, is who can draw the nicest book cover and who can scribble on the others. Would you say that based on what we've seen, it's time to elect a new president to lead the United States? Apparently, most of Americans agree with you, since President Biden's approval ratings are in the mid to low 30s, and less than half of his own party want him to run for re-election. So let's do a little exercise. There are three candidates that we're going to replace Joe Biden with in 2024. And here are the alleged facts of each. Candidate 1. He associates with crooked politicians. He consults with astrologists. He's had two mistresses. Supposedly, he chain smokes and drinks eight to ten martinis a day. He effectively believes that the only way to prosperity is to spend as much money as possible. Candidate two. He was kicked out of various offices at least twice. While he may get up at eight in the morning, some say, he still stays in bed, sometimes works from bed for several hours. It's alleged to use opium in college, drinks a bottle of whiskey every evening. Again, I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying those are the alleged facts. He is known to be incredibly stubborn. He's not known to compromise. And as things get more and more challenging and intense, he continues to double down. Candidate three. He's a decorated war hero. He's able to unite large and vast groups of people. He's a vegetarian. I don't think he smokes. He drinks an occasional beer. He's never committed adultery. And many would say that he is a natural-born leader. Which one of these candidates would be your choice? Again, knowing that we are judging a book by its cover. So in our society, we're conditioned to look for certain characteristics in candidates. Characteristics that align with those of our families, our society in general, our individual spheres of influence, and our leaders. The media investigates these candidates, well, at least they're supposed to, vet might be a better word, because in reality, it doesn't seem that we really are electing candidates or standing for candidates based on the platform, we're electing the person. So it seems natural that we want a leader who is flawless in every respect possible. So let's look back at those questions above. As far as the answers on the candidates, if you chose candidate three, 
Clearly, he's the one with the most desirable traits. Congratulations, you just elected Adolf Hitler and are now responsible for the death of millions. And you passed over Franklin Roosevelt, candidate one, and Winston Churchill, candidate two. The media has bought in hook, line, and sinker into this idea that you elect a candidate, not a platform. And I would say, except for those people that I've seen who are deeply moved by the issues themselves, it seems that time and time again, people say, well, I like this candidate better because he's nice. Or really, and and I would say this is even worse, I'm sitting out this election because I don't like my party's candidate. He's not very likable. He seems mean. Well, that right there is a huge problem. Are you sitting this out because your party's candidate is a sinner? You, You realize that we're all sinners, right? How do you know that what you see is nothing more than the book cover that has been months or years in the making to get you to make your judgment without opening it? And I mean that good or bad, because again, campaigns are about presenting the absolute best book cover they can for their candidate and portraying the other candidate as bad as possible. And sometimes even the negative is years in the making. So that really brings us to the essence of today's topic. And that's the topic of all or nothing in politics. For example, if Congress had a bill that made it out of committee that said we are going to unite all 50 states in regards to abortion policy, and these will be the terms of this bill. All abortion is illegal after 10 weeks, except in the case of rape and incest. Would you support this bill? Many would not. Why? Well, because it still contains the provision for exclusions, even though they rarely happen. And I say rarely, not never. I certainly don't want to indicate that that it's impossibility because it it does happen. So would I support this? In a New York minute. I'm not pro-abortion. Of course not. I'm pro-life. Why would I support this? I would support this because while I believe that all abortions should be illegal, this would save lives. This would be an improvement over current state. This would be a move in the right and positive direction. This would be an example of conservative incrementalism. And one thing that progressives do extremely, extremely well is that they play the long game. Do you think if there had been a push to legalize gay marriage and legalize marijuana and outlaw prayer in schools and talk of prosecuting pastors for hate crimes, if you did this in the 1800s, do you think it would have gained traction? Of course not. I mean, this would have been like blasphemy of the highest order. But trying to do that all at once would be the short game. The long game is like an ocean. It's like the ocean waves that are eroding the beach one wave at a time over months, years, incrementally, a tiny fraction, just a minute amount each time. It's just electing that one individual to a county prosecutor's office who neither respects life nor has any fear of our Father in heaven. It's just removing prayer from one school then letting the ACLU use that president for every other school. It's just allowing one movie to portray Jesus as a homosexual or art that is nothing more than an upside-down cross floating in urine. And those, those last two, those weren't made up. They actually happened. So in the above example, am I a supportive of abortion because I want my leaders to vote for a bill that allows abortion before 10 weeks with two exceptions? Of course not. I abhor abortion. It is one of the great abominations of our time. And I don't want to preach judgment. I'm just saying similar, it's similar to the sacrifice of children on the altar of Molech that we see in the Old Testament that is completely abhorrent in God's eyes. But as a side note, it, and I, I do want to take a moment to say this because I want you to hear my heart in this. 
If any of you experience this, I am not judging you. I'm grieved, but God's grace and mercy and forgiveness is for you in this area just as it is for any other sin. But my point is, because I'm choosing the better of two choices, I know that I'm saving lives because if California, Illinois, and New York had this law that we just talked about as an example, thousands of innocent babies would be saved. So I am willing to play the long game. I'm willing to accept today what is imperfect, but it's still better than current state in hopes that I will continue to fight the battle tomorrow. Do you need another example? Well, how about Trump, one of the most divisive personalities in the last four years? I'm going to tell you, I voted for Trump twice. Yet someone asked me this past weekend, do you believe Trump is the savior of America? I'm not sure if the person thought I was smoking weed, but I said, of course not. Christ is the only savior for America. I think Trump is bombastic, arrogant, thin-skinned, reactionary, and certainly doesn't talk like someone who's experienced God's grace. But a lot of what we see with Trump is the cover. He definitely plays into the patriotism that so many of us embrace because we truly love our country. But even despite my feelings of Trump as the candidate, am I a Trump-loving, diehard, in-your-face conservative? No, but what I am is a long gamer. You see, I know that Trump, while very imperfect, still was running on a party platform that embraces life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I also know the candidate running against him embraced a platform of big government, religious regulation, might even say persecution, and expanding abortion. Yet, if I'm a short gamer, I'm not voting in the 2020 election because I just can't stand the way Trump talks. I can't stand the fact that he's got his mouse sitting on Twitter all day long. I can't stand the fact that he's confrontational. I'm just done with it. I'm either going to vote for Biden, who it seems to be the softer, gentler president that we want, or I'm just going to sit out. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it because I don't like it either. Often, I actually agree with Trump's policy decisions even when I disagree with his methods and personality. But I'm not a Trump lover. I'm a lover of freedom and of saving babies' lives and seeing people experience God's grace. And if that comes through an imperfect candidate, then I'm all for it. But those who are not God-fearing, who also are long gamers, often will accuse and harass someone like me who voted for Trump. How? I've heard people called racists and bigots and homophobes because they support Trump policies, all the while supporting their own candidates who have despicable and sordid pasts. Because if they can get you to stay home and think of the person instead of the platform, they know they can win. If they can call you a hypocrite because you're willing to support Trump because he is sinful in the way he attacks people, then they win. If Christians ever wake up and think about the long game and vote on principles and platform, I believe we would have much greater success electing godly leaders. So that brings me full circle to the comment of all or nothing. If campaigns can convince us that their candidate has the most beautiful cover and that this person is the nicest human being, maybe they can get your vote because the other candidate is mean looking or has a flawed past or a cranky bedside manner. But folks, we have to be ready. We have to be discerning and we have to be willing to work hard to play the long game. Even if our candidate is flawed, if they support policies that most closely align with God's word, the choice is actually pretty clear. I've also heard that by not voting, I'm making my point. I can't support this man or this woman. 
That's exactly what all campaigns are really trying to get you to do. They want you to make your decision on what you see and hear about the candidate. But I assure you that narrative, that book cover is highly deceptive and highly flawed. In fact, it's kind of like a job interview, isn't it? I mean, the presidential candidates are really auditioning or interviewing to become president. And what do people do in job interviews? They try to enhance and highlight their strengths, and they try to mitigate or outright hide their weaknesses. What is not flawed and not deceptive is what each political party stands for. If you don't vote, you're definitely making a point. You're making a point that no one will ever see or hear, other than if you choose to share it at your company Christmas party. I implore you to get involved and to play the long game. As long as we are unwilling to play the long game and take an all or nothing mentality to the voting booth, we are going to miss out on opportunities to make incremental improvement that I believe the Lord wants us to make. So I know I did this with the last podcast, but I'm going to start doing this more often because I do feel the Lord has called me to this. And that is to lift up our leaders in prayer, end our podcast in prayer. So this might not be every time, but you are going to see it more frequently. Because even as we talk about these issues, and we should push back when we see ungodly leaders and ungodly policies trying to propel the entire society away from Christ. But we must never forget that the heart of this, the heart of this is Christ. We must lift him up and we must seek him in prayer. So join with me. Lord, just like Nehemiah did in chapter 1, we repent, we own, we confess that the sins of our nation are our own sins as well. That we as a nation have abandoned you and that much of what we see is the result of a nation that does not fear God. Lord, call us to prayer. Grant us favor. Remind us to pray for our leaders, even the ones we don't like. Help us be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. And with fervent prayer, lift up those who can't lift themselves up and can't defend themselves. Father, help us be discerning to identify godly men and women to run for political office who love you and our country and are willing to promote policies that honor and glorify you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last thing I think I want to leave you with today is just please, please be willing to accept the imperfect if it is moving in the right direction. Newsflash, all candidates are sinners just like you and I. And no party's platform is the equivalent of scripture or is the panacea. But if you seriously look at the issues, I think you will see that one party's platform has a much more God-honoring tone to it than the other. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to lift up our leaders in prayer as you go about your week. And thanks again to our sponsor, Forever 17. Visit www.forever17.net to get your Turn Back the Clock beauty elixirs today, and you will be supporting Martha and Tammy. Don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued. Your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot.